Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. We just talked college football. Now we talk the pros with a real pro, a man who knows himself some football, especially Carolina Panther football, Charlotte Observers, Carolina Panthers beat reporter, also, our weekly Tuesday at 11.20 guest, the great Ellis Williams. What's up, buddy? Yo, man, I, things are well. I'm just kind of enjoying this calm before what is probably a Carolina Panthers quarterback storm. We're getting a couple weeks here of silence, so I've been enjoying what is a, a small break, if you will. So have you done, like, when I when I unplug, like I went on vacation last week. When I unplug, that means I'll even unplug from sports, unless it's like the NBA draft. But, like, for the most part, I didn't watch a lot of baseball, didn't watch the, the Stanley Cup finals. I really tried. Is that what you did? Have you just been catching up on, like, uh, the Umbrella Academy and maybe some Obi-Wan? You read my mind. That's exactly where I was going with this. I just finished Obi-Wan. I'm looking forward to Stranger Things uh, Part 2 dropping on July 1. Saw Jurassic World, Dominion, Top Gun, Maverick, and Lightyear all last week. Uh, besides the NBA draft, like you said, yes, I was uh, relaxing, chilling all cool, and, and enjoying some cinema and recent TV, man. What really scares me about Stranger Things is I can never tell whether when they kill more people early in a season, whether that means the end is just going to be total annihilation or whether more people will be spared. Because like last year, man, they got me at the end of the day. They were just after season two and killing Bob season three, it was like, hey, what other characters do you love or hate that we can kill right now? I'm not emotionally ready for the final two episodes of the season four. Yeah, they kind of went Game of Thrones on us and just said, look, no one's safe. Uh, we'll see how, how this ends. I, news to me, uh, I, they're doing season five, supposedly. So, really, this is going to just keep rolling and rolling. And it, you can kind of assume the, the core people are never really going to leave us, right? I really want season five to be set in, like, 1991. I don't really know why, but I just feel like a little bit of a time leap would be really good. In the meantime, yeah. Ellis, I will start here. I'm going to start with a question that I asked you about 100 times so far this offseason. So let's make it 101. Who starts week one for the Carolina Panthers at quarterback? Man, and I think depending on when you've asked me, I've changed my answer. Like, I think the, <laughs> the origin of this question, I may have picked Kenny Pickett. You know, and, and now that's obviously um, far from a possibility. And now we're landing on... You know, if you asked me yesterday, I, I probably would have said Baker Mayfield, but now I'm following uh, tweets. These are live. Uh, Baker's uh, at his youth football camp in Norman, and he's got he's holding a, a little makeshift press conference, and he's saying that if the Browns were to reach out to reconcile, uh, he'd perhaps be open to uh, playing for them again. This is just this this drama keeps unfolding, and that's kind of why I came on here. So the, a calm before a Panther storm. Um, because, you know, now if we're going to get a new cycle of uh, is Baker willing to go back to Cleveland, which from my reporting and my understanding, I did not think was a possibility at all. 
So this just keeps changing, keeps developing. And so perhaps next week I say Jimmy Garoppolo, but I really can't argue out of his injury history. And so does that bring us back to Sam Darnold, man? Because I, I, it won't be Matt Corral, but I could be wrong there too. I feel like the Panthers, with their inaction at, at quarterback, have basically forced all of us to resort to galaxy braining. <laughs> right. And you don't feel sure about about any of it. You can talk me into any of these realities. They, they all sound uh, like the best case scenario, but external factors might complicate this yet again. So I, I think this is interesting. And, and you did come from Cleveland. You were at cleveland.com before you came down here. And I, I, I throw that out for this next question. Today is also the beginning of the Deshaun Watson uh, hearing with the NFL, the NFL Players Association, trying to figure out what punishment Deshaun Watson will get. Is Do you think that the result of that could be tied to Baker Mayfield's avail- availability and potentially Baker Mayfield's uh, ending up in, in Carolina? At first, I thought that Cleveland's slow playing this had to do with Deshaun Watson's looming suspension. Like They just wanted clarity on how many games before dealing Baker, but n- now that there's really been, at least from in the public domain, momentum built on the side that Deshaun is going to get slapped with a year suspension, or at least a, an indefinite suspension, which would be at least a year away from the game, that opens the door to perhaps Baker Mayfield's best situation or scenario is playing in Cleveland, but I didn't think that was, was possible just from a pride standpoint. Like I get when people say, well, you know, it's your employer and we all go to work uh, upset or mad about something, shake it off. You know, I, I don't like when we compare the nine to fives to what these athletes do. You know, you have to go out there and play a game of football and, and dedicate yourself to a, 10 other individuals uh, in, in, with your safety on the line. And there's just more that goes into it than, than, uh, than uh, the, the workplace comparison. So I just thought from that standpoint that the Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns, there's no way that this, they can reconcile. But now these tweets are coming out of Norman, and I'm, I'm back to square one. Perhaps that, again, that could be Baker's best spot. So the long, that's a long way of saying yes. I do think that the Browns are waiting for this Deshaun Watson domino to fall to then decide what to do on Baker Mayfield. Because at the end of the day, they probably don't care all that much about, you know, Four, that four to five million dollar difference between Carolina and them right now. This has probably just been a, a decoy to to wait out the ruling on Deshaun Watson, which uh, now seems like could be as much as a year. And now perhaps Baker's back in Cleveland anyway. Ellis Williams of the Charlotte Observer, our regular Tuesday at eleven twenty guest on the guest line here with Nick Wilson on the Nick Wilson Show, talking about the uh, state of the Carolina Panthers. So. We are in the offseason, and I'm about to give you a kind of question that we ask in the offseason, looking ahead, looking at this roster, guys that they brought in over the last three years. If I asked you to name one or two under-the-radar guys that you think are going to take a step or be more impactful than maybe we think going into this year, what what names would you pull out of the hat? Man, that, that's a fun question. I I really think... Robbie Anderson is going to bounce back and have a nice year. And I, I preface it with saying if he comes into camp and, and has injury issues and, and a hip and a hammy and has early ailments that would then allow us to infer he wasn't really taking care of his body 
throughout the offseason, then I, I'm allowed to revoke this. But I, I think Robbie Anderson has a chance to come into a Ben McAdoo system, uh, really capitalize on some yak opportunities. He'll always be a guy who's able to, to win deep and, and on double moves. He's going to get plenty of single coverage. Uh, you know, he, he it, it wasn't the way defenses were playing him last year. It was more uh, just, just system and not having uh, any timing with, with either of the quarterbacks. So, when I'm looking at the offense, I think Robbie Anderson has a chance to bounce back and remind people what he's capable of. And then this is this one is more obvious, but I am just really excited to see what J.C. Horn does uh, working with Steve Wilkes now, the defensive back coach. Um, you know, in his second year, though he he missed uh, you know all but three games a year ago, but just from a, another year older, right? That that natural uh, bulk you put on. The more savvy you get with age, he he admitted he still kind of does feel like a rookie. But from what I've heard from inside that building, they've got every hope that he is a, going to be a number one lockdown corner. And when I talk to people in that building, and I, I remind them that I came in in the middle of last year and never got a chance to even see JC practice, they just go, "Oh man, you you wait till you see this guy when he's on the field. He's a complete dog. He's a competitor. He's fierce. He's an alpha. Everything you want to hear about the." the sicko world that is a number one cornerback, right? So I'm really excited to see JC. And then assuming Robbie comes in healthy and is, and, and is taking care of his body these five weeks leading up to camp, I, I think he could be a really underrated part of this offense. I wish teams would tell us more who the betas were, right? <laughs> like if you're going to tell us who the alphas were, like let me tell you, uh, our number three corner could be a number two, but he's a bit of a beta, but we still love him. Uh, follow this man on Twitter at Book of Ellis.